Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hey guys, I'm here with Sam Bakhtiar. Welcome. Thank you. Well, welcome. You're well, my yeah, house. I'm Shit. in his garage right now. <laughs> We're in California. Sam is the co-founder of the Camp Transformation Center and the CEO of 1% Nutrition. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's a privilege and an honor. Oh my God, thank you. It's so nice to, to have you here as well. You know, I've been following you and you have such amazing content. You're like the fitness guru and I want to pick your brain today, first of all, about how you went from basically nothing to, you know, enormous success and, you know, you've transformed every aspect of your life, which I find so incredible. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I want to talk about fitness and health and your philosophy. So maybe for the listeners that don't know you, could you kind of go over your story a little bit and, you know, from what you came from, you know, I I know it's kind of a a rags to riches story and I think that's so incredible and fascinating. So I'll give you a short version of it. So I was born in Tehran, Iran. Mm-hmm. And I remember being three years old, we're getting bombed on by Saddam Hussein. You know, their planes were flying over and they were bombing us and that's all I knew. And at age of 11, my mom said, you know, I don't want my son to go to the military and die. So we escaped the country. When I said my mom, it was just my mom, my dad and my mom got divorced when I was three. And we came to France for one year as refugees of war. And then we picked up our luggages and we came, our, our one luggage, and we came to um, uh, Sharon, Pennsylvania, into the United States as refugees of war. And um, I remember it was so tough coming to a new country, don't speak the language, my clothes were different than everybody else's. I you know, had a unibrow, you know, uh, you know, and I came to a, a town where I was the only minority in the entire town. So it was really tough. Imagine, you know, at 11 years old, you're very vulnerable, you, you really th- you care about what other people think about you, and now I'm getting like called names, I'm being bullied, I'm being like beat up by, by the kids. It was really tough. Oh my God, that's insane. So from that, how did you get to where you are today? Like what, what was your motivation, especially being mm. kind of dragged down by the bullying and your crazy upbringing and like what really mm. persisted? Like what was your why? You know, um, pretty much it was God's plan to be honest with you because mm. Growing up, I played soccer. Yeah. You know, when I came to the United States, I went to the guidance counselor and I said, I want to play football. They're like, no, that's not called football. That's called soccer and we don't have a <laughs> soccer team. So I was literally devastated, Mimi. I didn't know what to do. So I tried out for the basketball team, believe it or not. I'm 5'5 yeah. five, five on a good day. <laughs> and I tried out for the basketball team and I didn't make the team. That was one of the most devastating times at that moment in my life. I cried all the way home. I went to my mom and said, mom, I'm going to go back to my old country. I don't have any friends here. Everybody makes fun of me. I didn't even make the team. Yeah. I'm getting bullied. And my mom said, you don't have a choice. I said, we have to stay here. She said, why don't you go to the boys club after school, practice basketball, get better and, and try out next year. And that's what I did every day until I saw these guys that looked like Sylvester Stallone and yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, you know what? I want to be like that. And I fell in love with weightlifting when I went to that club. And that's when I knew that that's what I want to do the rest of my life. You know, as far as my why, you know, um, I didn't find my why until later in life, till I became a father. Really? You know, me not having a father and me growing up poor with my mom, you know, struggling, 
I never wanted that for my family. It was really tough, you know, where all the kids had a father, all the kids had a male figure in their life. I didn't have that. You know, if you see all the paintings in here, all the stuff that's, that's put up, I can't even put a painting up on the wall without it being crooked because I never had a father figure teach me that. So I always wanted to become the super dad and super provider for my wife and my family, and that's when I found my why. Before that, it was all about me. You know, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was an only child. I was a bodybuilder. You know, it was all about, you know, what kind of cars I drive, what kind of clothes I wear. But when I had my first child, everything changed. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. So what do you blame on your success? Have you always been so resilient or did you have to kind of learn to, to be that person? You know, my mom told me something that never, I never forgot. Yeah. My mom said that you can be whatever you want. You can achieve whatever you want as long as you're willing to work hard for it, as long as you're willing to work for it. So at a very early age, I knew, I always believed in that. To this day, I believe in my whole heart that it's not the past that defines you. It's where you are right now, where you want to go, and what price are you willing to pay for it. See, the problem is these days that a lot of people want success. A lot of people want things in life, but they also want to rest. They also want to relax. They also want to watch TV. They also want to watch movies. They also want to be lazy. Yeah. You know, we all can achieve whatever we want, but are we willing to pay the price? And not many people are willing to do that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So were you always confident, especially, you know, in business and, and in fitness, or did you kind of have to you know, really work on that? Were you always someone that, that really mm. was just outspoken and, and walked into a room and just, you know? Not at all. No. I was, I was shy, you know, I'm still an introvert. You know, really? I still, oh, no, yeah, you're I'm, not. No, Are no, you no, serious? Believe me, man, I'd rather, you know, ask my wife, I'd just rather chill at home. Uh -huh. That's why you see I have a barbershop here. I have everything. You have a barbershop? Yeah, I have a barbershop here. I have everything at home, so I don't have to get out of here. I yeah. wanted, I'd rather just sit at home and chill, you know? So that's something that I had to learn. I had to get... You know, I had to get uncomfortable to, to be able to be able to do that. You know, I was I sucked at public speaking. I hated public speaking. I hate talking to people. I was very shy. I'll give you an example. When I was going to college one time, one of my clients owed me money at the end of the month, you know, for training him. Yeah. And and I never forget his name is Sandy. We're still really good friends. And I was broke. I literally didn't have another dollar in my name. I was starving student. You know, the the time came that he was supposed to pay, he forgot. And I was too shy to bring it up to him. Every day for the next month, I trained him every day for 30 days. And every day, I would psych myself up and say, today I'm going to ask him, today I'm going to ask him, today I'm going to ask him. And when the time comes to asking him, I would shy away. Yeah. I would shy away and, and, I, and I never asked him. You know, but when my back was against the wall, when my back was really against the ball, is when I started my first fitness, uh, fitness studio. And I remember that... It cost, it cost $35,000 to get started. I had $20,000 saved up for all the years that I put, I put it in an anatomy book so mm -hmm. that, it does, you know, thieves don't, don't, don't go to go, you know, yeah. steal an anatomy book. And I borrowed $20,000 from my mom. So it was $35,000 to get it started. Now I have $5,000 and in 30 days, rent and payroll was due, which was $30,000. So now in 30 days, I need to make $25,000. What'd you do? I did whatever I had to do. I literally Did begged. you do it? Oh yeah, I did it. I yeah. did it. I, or if I didn't have done that, I would have to move back to my mom in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So in, in, in 30 days, I literally became the best salesperson possible because I didn't want to move back to my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, oh my God, I, I would go out to the clients. Hey, it's time to re-up right now. Hey, let's get you started. Let's get you, you know, 30 sessions right now. Here's what it's going to cost. Yeah. I'm going to take care of you. Next thing you know, from being a shy kid, an introvert, I became 
a great salesperson. Because you had to. Because I had to. Let's take a quick break from this amazing episode with Sam Bakhtiar. Guys, I am here to tell you about Skillshare. Skillshare's online classes are amazing. It is an online learning community where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people just like you on topics including illustration, design, productivity, photography, video, freelancing, and so much more. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life so you can move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. You can learn and grow with short classes that fit your busy routine. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than 10 bucks a month. So guys, what I've been doing lately is taking classes on productivity and organization. I am so busy at the moment with the launch of so many new amazing things in business and I am just all over the place. I've also just moved to a new apartment, so I need to organize all my stuff in a really efficient manner. So I've been taking a lot of productivity and organization classes on Skillshare. Um, you know, it helps me be creative in every area of my life because when I'm organized, I feel like my mind can expand and be more creative. What I love about Skillshare is the community and the quality of the classes. You can always expect to see some top quality quality oh my God, some top quality, quality classes when you're on Skillshare. So guys, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the Mamie B podcast. Go explore your creativity at Skillshare.com forward slash MP for Mamie B podcast and get two free months of premium membership. Totally free. That is two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com forward slash mp that is skillshare.com forward slash mp now back to today's episode so tell me though because that's a huge risk like you put everything into that and so many people nowadays especially have big goals and big visions but they don't take the freaking risk and they don't think they're ready and you know they keep telling themselves why they can't do it. What's what's your response to that? Let me tell you, let me tell you, tell you a story. Yeah. When I was in college, I started lifting with my buddy, his name is Chris. And we were getting ready for Mr. Pittsburgh Bodybuilding Championship. And as we were getting ready for Pittsburgh Body Cha- Bodybuilding Championship, he dropped out. And Chris was 220 pounds of solid muscle. I was only like 160 pounds, right? He was way bigger than me, more, way more developed, but he dropped out because he didn't believe that he was big enough. And I went and I won my division. Then I, I, I entered more bodybuilding championships and more bodybuilding championships, and I became, over the next 10 years, I became the first bodybuilder in history to have a first place title in every weight class. Guess what, Chris still has never competed because he was never big enough. He was never big enough. He was never big enough. He was fearful, he was fearful. And that's like a simile to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're not going to take any risk, there's not going to be any reward. And somebody asked me the other day, Mimi, he was like, what is your key to success? And my key to success is failure. Yes. You know what I mean? Because uh, yes. I've fucked up so many things. You know, you're not but scared I, of it. I'm not scared of it. Like, you know, what's it, what, let's, let's just say I go to a bodybuilding championship. You know, what's the, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Me not placing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, well. 
I get back, I get better. You're there now. Yes. You're in the same place as you were before you started. Yes. So why not? Absolutely. But how do you know, like, how do you understand, like, when you're ready and when you're actually just scared, right? Like, or do you think you're always just ready? You just got to make it happen. Preparation. Preparation. Eliminates fear. Great quote. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. I, I, I'll give you an example. The first time I hired a bodybuilding coach, mm-hmm. you know, I remember he had me do all kinds of crazy stuff. Now I know it was carb cycling. Yeah. You know, he had me have like 300 grams of carbs one day, zero the next day. Next, you know, I go five days of zero carbs and 300 grams of carbs. And I'm like, what is he doing? I, wasn't, I didn't understand what he was doing, you know? And then the day, the night before the bodybuilding show, he said, Sam, I want you to go eat four double whoppers, large fries and a Coke. And I'm like, what the hell? What are you talking about? So I ate that. And next thing you know, my stomach is out to here. My muscles look this big. And I panic. I called him panicking. He goes, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Sure enough, I wake up tomorrow, the next day, the day of the show. I look in the mirror and I could not believe what I looked like. I looked like an anatomy chart. I mean, I had veins, I had cuts in my legs, I had things that I could never believe before, you know? And I was like, Patrick, his name was Patrick. Patrick, I love you, sorry, sorry. So I went into the show and everybody was like, so what do you think you're gonna, how do you think you're gonna do? I go, I'm gonna win the show. And they're like, oh, I love the way you think, it's positive, positive. I'm like, this is not positive thinking. I'm going to win the show. Nobody today on that stage is going to beat me because I knew it because yeah. I was prepared. Next thing you know, they're like, really? You, you got, that sounds kind of cocky. I took off my clothes. I'm like, <laughs> look, I had cuts. I had this and that. And they're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? So if you prepare, there's no fear because you know you've done your homework. Yeah, absolutely. So what other like top tips for success do you have for people listening? You know, is it... Do you have like your top three or your big motto or like, what is it? So as I was telling telling you before, you know, I didn't get my shit together until I was like 32. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't get my shit together. Have I changed my proximity? Have I changed the people who I hang around with? Off camera, we were talking about all the places that I went and all the crazy shit that I've done yeah. and all the trouble that I got into, right? But if I would, uh, if I would have just been around better people, yeah. about more successful people, people who are like me right now. Yeah. You know, I would have been a billionaire, not a millionaire. And that's why I love seeing you young people <laughs> are at this age or surrounding yourself with these type of people. Yeah. You guys are going to be amazing. You guys have unlimited potential. It's basically for you to lose. So that's very important. Proximity is everything. Change your environment. I still go back to my old town. Mm-hmm. And I still see people doing the same shit they were doing oh 20 God. years ago. I know. They're driving the same car, doing the same thing, and they're hanging out at the same clubs. And I'm going like, oh my God. So yeah. proximity is the number one thing as far as success. Second thing I will tell you is delay gratification. Mm. You know, delay gratification. If you have not read the book, you know, uh, it's called um, Who Moved My Cheese, right? And um, there's another book called... Um, uh, don't eat the marshmallow. Mm-hmm. It's basically a marshmallow study when they did in the 1940s, I think it was Stanford. They put marshmallows in front of a bunch of kids and they said for every t- marshmallow you don't eat, we'll give you more. And some kids ate it, some kids, ate, some kids licked it and put it back, and some kids didn't eat it. And then they followed them and found out that kids who were able to not eat the marshmallow, they were more successful in everything they did in life. No way. Very true. So what does that oh equate to you today? Look. Say, for example, you want to get in shape. Yeah. Okay? You know you have to train and you know you have to eat it properly. Now you see a hamburger in front of you. Can you delay that gratification of eating that hamburger for something greater later? Mm -hmm. Because delayed gratification means giving up something you want now for something bigger later. Right? And most people are not willing to do that. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, and I hate to say it, that's why most people are overweight yeah. and broke. Yeah. They don't invest in themselves. Yeah. yeah. Or they or they want to save money, but yet they want the newest iPhone. Mm-hmm. Or they want that they, they want to save money, but yet oh the, the new shoes came out. The new shoes is so much greater than the money they want to yeah. save at that moment. Yeah. Those two I would say are the number one predicators of success. It's absolutely insane. Yep. You're so right. The network thing, yep. it, it changed my life as well. You know, like I've noticed that a hundred percent the network thing who you surround yourself with. Cause even if you think, you know, okay, it's fine. Like consciously I won't let their bad habits or their, you know, negative personas affect me, but it always does. It always, you know, goes into your subconscious and like really just changes how you act. And I know you're interviewing Ed Milet right after this. Yeah, I know you're going over there, you know, and it's so funny because everyone always asks me, Sam, do you ever going to get a jet? And my answer to them was like, no, no. You know, I don't want to get a jet. I don't want to get a jet because my fear was like, I'm never going to be able to get a jet. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I can't get on that level. So one day Ed sends me an email and I said, Erica, you know, yeah. sends me an email. He goes, Ed invited you to go to his jet. We're going to go to the thing. And I never forget, I was like, Costco, I'm like, oh, really? Oh, shoot. I'm so happy. I'm like, I'm not going to answer Ed right now. Yeah. I'm going to let him wait. <laughs> you know, and I told him that. And I sent him, so I accepted his invitation. We go on as jet. And then Ed was talking to me, and he told me how easy it was to get a plane. And now my whole mentality changed. Yeah. My whole mentality changed. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I do want a plane now. But have I not surrounded myself with Ed and been on his jet I would have been like, no, no, it's, it's not for me. You know, I'm, I'm not that level. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great story. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about motivation because you're so motivated with business, with body. Like, you have a lot of self-discipline. For everyone listening right now that may have body goals or career <laughs> goals or any type of goal, you know, motivation is the core fundamental thing. You say you need discipline. You need to hang out with the right people. But how do you actually get that motivation? Like, what are your big tips and tools? And maybe that goes down to your daily habits. I know you have an incredible morning routine and you wake up at 3 a.m., right? So tell me, like, what does that have a lot to do with... Well, maybe, let me tell you something. Yeah. To me, discipline equals happiness equals freedom. Let me tell you, say that again. Discipline equals happiness equals freedom. So let's just say you wanted to get in shape. You put a plan together. Everybody does. Right now, January is coming up. You know, all the New Year resolution, everybody goes to the gym, everybody has a plan written down exactly yeah. what they're gonna do. And guess what? They execute the plan for a few days or maybe a week. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they abandon the plan. Every time you tell yourself you're gonna do something, every time you set a goal and you don't do it, basically sending a signal to your brain that you're a loser, yeah. right? You're a loser. You do that enough, you believe that you're a loser. You believe that you're not gonna do anything. So for me, the discipline is freedom, the discipline is happiness. If I don't do what I told myself I'm going to do, then at the end of the night, I'm going to feel like shit. Yeah. Imagine you have goals, you have plans, and you have a written plan of execution of what you want to do. All of a sudden, you don't do it. How do you feel at night? Not you feel like crap. Yeah. You feel like crap. So why would I want to make myself feel that way? Mm-hmm. So for me, the, that fear, that, that, that feeling like crap, feeling like a loser is so much greater yeah. than getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and going to work out. Because yeah. I know even though it's cold, even though I don't want to get out of bed, even though I have a little baby right now, I want to just snuggle with the baby. I know if I don't do it, I will feel crap. I just have to get up and I know I feel so much better after that. And I believe that everybody needs to have what I call a perfect success routine in the morning. Yeah. That's how it's going to set up your whole day. If I don't work out during it, you know, in the morning, if I don't go through my routine, my ritual in the morning, it's almost guaranteed a crappy day. 
What's your routine in the morning? So I get up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, at, you know, let me go back. Yeah. My morning routine starts the night before. Yes. You know, yes. so I always like to know what I'm going to do the next day. I print out my schedule. Yeah. I look at what I need to do. You know, then I get up in the morning. My clothes are already set out, you know, for, for the gym or for the day. So, you know, I put my, you know, put my clothes on. I read my goals. I read my 2020 goals right now and I read my life goals, you know, and I read a list of my gratitude, things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Then I go to the gym, I work out from four to 5.30, I come home, eat a healthy breakfast, take a shower, and I start my day at seven o'clock. Yeah. You know, so that's my day. So seven to four is focused work. Focus 100% on work, and from four to nine is my focused family time where I don't even answer emails, I don't have my phone with me, I go upstairs and plug my phone in, I come downstairs, I'm 100% of my, attention is to the family yeah absolutely so what about if you're traveling or you go to bed really late because you have a business dinner the night the night before what like do you still do the 3 a.m or absolutely kind of, yeah. absolutely so for me it, it's it's not okay am i going to be okay at the gym am i going to be able to be strong for me showing up is everything mm -hmm. you know some days i go to the gym at three at four o'clock in the morning and i'm a beast now some days I can't do crap. Yeah. But to me, none of that matters. Showing up matters. You you told yourself you're gonna show up every day at a certain time. Show up. Yeah. They're like, Sam, how come you were? A, how how, can, how did you become the bodybuilding champion? You didn't have a great genetics. I didn't. I just showed up every day for the past 31 years. Yeah. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Anyone can do it. All right. Any last words for? Our listeners right now who need an extra pump of motivation mm -hmm. and wise words from Sam for 2020 it's the start of a new decade mm -hmm. what are some you know what would what's the biggest piece of advice you would tell these yeah. young people listening right now to yeah. change their lives and start living their potential so every one of us you know every one of us have gone through something in life every one of us you know there's certain issues there's something in our childhood something that we grew up something that we went through that was kind of tragic mm -hmm. okay that's called life. In life, you're either in a problem, left a problem, or headed towards one. Mm -hmm. Life is gonna knock you down. I mean, it's gonna knock you down, not it's gonna keep knocking you down, but guess what? If you get knocked down, don't get knocked out. Get back up and start fighting back. And people who just are persistent, mm -hmm. are resilient, and keep fighting back, and are not afraid to fail, are the people who are gonna make it. So don't let a setback set you all the way back. To me, setback is God's perfect stage for a comeback. Amazing. Oh, thank you, thank so, you so much. much. That was such a great interview. Yep, of course. Thank you. Thank you. That was so good and just on time. We got it done, man. We got it done. That was so good. We that was good. we're good at oh, doing yeah, it yeah. quick. We you're you're on it. You, know, you you just knew.